Hello, and welcome to the Animation Communication Podcast, your source for discussion about animation, film, fandom, and more. So please join our host, I Love Kim Possible a Lot, or KP, and Riddle of Lightning, Real or Josh, for today's discussion. If you like what you hear, please remember to show support by giving a like, follow, as well as subscribing to the main I Love Kim Possible a Lot channel on YouTube. Spread the word, and thank you for being part of our community. This episode contains some mild adult language. Hello to all the lovely, loyal listeners out there. Lauren here with a very important announcement before we begin. As of this episode, I am stepping down as co-host for Animation Communication. It's been an incredible ride for the past two years. To think it all came to be after KP and I met and brainstormed at the last BronyCon in 2019, and we officially launched Animation Communication in January 2020. Neither of us anticipated a global pandemic to hit shortly after we started the podcast, but as the world pivoted to working from home, we too adapted to a new remote collaboration for the show. I'm so extremely thankful for KP as a wonderful co-host and friend, for the amazing creative production team who has helped bring it to life for over two years, and for all the incredible guests we've hosted on the show. KP and I aimed to foster a fun, relaxing environment for the show while remaining informative and educational. And I'm so proud of how far it's come. I look forward to seeing where the show goes after my departure and supporting the team's journey. Right now, I warmly welcome and wish all the best to the show's new co-host, Riddle, who has been a longtime fan of the show and will be a wonderful addition to the podcast dynamic. To KP, to the AK team, and to you, the audience, thank you for everything. And now, for one last time, mwah! Good night, everybody! Welcome, everyone, to this episode of Animation Communication, the first, I guess, official Riddle episode, since Riddle is here, even though we're talking about things that aren't Riddle. So um, if you don't know me, I'm I Love Kim Possible a lot, or KP. I hope you know that at that point. Uh, I hope you know that at this point, because we're like 60 episodes into the podcast. But if you don't know, then that's me. I do things and stuff. And joining me is Riddle for his second time around, so say hi, Riddle. Hello there. It's great to be back, and I guess this is our first official episode. Let's see how it goes. Yeah, well, it's the first one we're not talking about you, so, like, we're we're talking about things that have happened in the the span of the universe or whatever, so. The world of animation. Of Pixar and stuff. And then um, joining us again, um, her return appearance, I don't think she's been here for a little bit, is uh, Selspex, who is another fellow YouTuber and genuinely cool person. So say hi, Selspex. Hello, this is Selspex. I also am on the YouTubes and talk about animation occasionally. (laughs) Like, comment, subscribe. And how are you doing today, Sel? That's okay, we can saw a little bit. So, um, for those who aren't familiar with just the general format, so we do the news first, we did the news last, last time to introduce Riddle first, but usually we do the news first about some general animation headlines, so if you don't care about that, you can skip the news, and then we will do, um, some spoiler-free discussion about, um, Lightyear, which is what the title of the episode is. So Lightyear is, um, Pixar's newest animated feature where they... They defictionalize. Oh, that's such a hard word. They defictionalize um, the Lightyear mythos in the Toy Story universe. So we are 
I guess, watching a movie from a different universe, kind of, sort of, a little bit. It's a it's, story it's, within a story. It's confusing, but we'll get to it. But that's essentially the gist. So, um, and we'll talk about, you know, all of this. I mean, it's been a little messy with, like, a lot of just general Buzz Lightyear lore that's been here and there. And uh, Anyway, um, so we'll just start off with the news. So, Riddle, what's the news? What's the news? Um, big things are happening this week. Um, a new Avatar announcement that there's going to be a s- series of new... Uh, movies. Um, there's going to be a Kyoshi movie, a Zuku movie, and a Korra movie. Yeah, so um, go ahead. they're all slated for like 2024, 2025, and 2026, but it's right now. There's not a lot of good information out there. It's, they don't even have working titles yet. Um, it, it is, but it's you know something exciting to look forward to because Avatar is a really good series. Yeah, um, for those who don't remember, I think we covered it like a couple episodes, well, not a couple episodes, like maybe a couple months ago back, but Disney, or not Disney. Not the right one. Nickelodeon. <laughs> them yet. Nickelodeon just um, re- relatively recently expanded to have um, produce a bunch of Avatar: The Last Airbender themed, not necessarily the show, but like the world mythos themed stuff. So because Avatar is because Avatar is dating really well because they put it on Netflix and then it broke a bunch of Netflix records and then we got a live action version of it in development. And then now we got a bunch of animated stuff development or in development. I think it's too soon. I don't, no. Did the article say Riddle if it was going to be released on Paramount Plus yet or anything? Um, I didn't see anything mentioning that. Let me just double check, but I don't think so. Okay, so my guess is it will, you know, depending on how the the sphere looks like um, in a year or two as far as movie theaters, it will probably be dual release. My my guess because Disney or Muscle memory. Nickelodeon wants people to go buy Paramount Plus because I don't really know what's on it right now besides SpongeBob, I guess. And so, but people will buy it for Avatar for sure. Oh um, yeah. So, uh, sell any thoughts on Avatar stuff? It's neat. You, new stuff. Oh yeah, I mean, everyone loves Avatar. Even my grumpy stepfather, who's just a big old grump, loves loves watching Avatar. <laughs> um, yeah, it's just. Go ahead. My general rule is not to get invested or have expectations about things until we at least get a trailer. Yeah, we, <laughs> we do have the live-action movie that traumatize us. Yeah, um, I guess I guess we'll see. I like Korra. She's neat, even though um, they really kind of did a hit-or-miss job with her series. Um, season 3 is probably the best part of it, but everything else is messy. Um, <laughs> season 3, I'm like, oh, there's Aang's in there after all. Um, but yeah, we'll see. I guess we'll see what happens. You're right that it is too close to see, but it is interesting to see that, you know, we are getting some more We're getting some more details as far as what's going on instead of just like, oh, they're making some stuff. I guess they're making stuff. <laughs> So. We're getting more of our boy Zuko, and that can never be a bad thing. Zuko! We'll have to wait for it, though, until 2025. Yeah, we'll see what period of the, the lore takes place in, and then there's all that stuff. So, you know, I think it would be an interesting idea if they fleshed out the whole 
Zico's mother thing into a, a feature, I think that would be there a good idea. There is a comic book about that. There is a comic yeah. book about it, but um, I think, you know, just take the comic book and make it into a feature or add more elements or something to it. Because I think the comics are canon, so, you know, not everyone's going to read a comic book, so. Reading's hard. Reading is hard. Can't we just watch cartoons? Yeah. <laughs> Okay, uh, what is the next um, story, Riddle? Since... Next story, um, something a little bit more sad. Um, Duckman creator um, Everett Peck died um, at the age of 71. Um, really sad he died this week. Um, have you ever seen Duckman? I've seen clips of Duckman, and then Cell has seen the whole series um, one watch through. Uh, how long ago was that, Cell? That was a considerable amount of time ago. Um, I, okay. I do still remember, I actually very viscerally remember that what, regardless of what the rest of the show is like, the actual first episode made me cry. And I was genuinely surprised by that. Um, um, and it's kind of, and like every single series, it's hit or miss. It's generally regarded as, it's generally regarded really positively by fans of adult animation. Uh, yeah. But, it it came out like mid nineties, right? Right, and for that, like, there's there is a lot, but you know, it's kind of it's in general the show is Duckman is an asshole. Watch the asshole be an asshole kind of series, um, um which has uh, which you know there are good and again, like I said, there's there's good moments and bad moments throughout it, um, but no, it's generally, uh, but it's definitely clear that the creator was very talented because there's a lot of decent comedy in it. Um, so this, so yeah, I'm very sad to hear that. Um, do you know where it's streaming in case people want to watch it or is it, we just got to bootleg it for now? I don't know. I feel like it's one, one thing a really quick Google search will tell us. Um, I does not appear... Nothing comes up immediately about where to stream it. Um, so I okay. think it's just, I think it's exclusively somewhere. I think for the moment, we just, we ju you just got to DVD it. So. Okay. Um, yeah, I was just curious. Um, Currently, no one's streaming it. <laughs> that's, that's unfortunate. Like, I know it was made by the same production company as Rugrats, so that's why it has that kind of that style. But I, I don't remember who... Do you know do you, uh, who distributed it? Who distributed it? Do you remember? Um, so I don't know, but I do see that he also did. Um, but he also did the critic, and critic is generally much more well known and uh, much okay. more well regarded, which also means that he also obviously did the Simpsons at some point. Um, <laughs> Par Paramount distributed it. It was on the CBS Television Network. Okay, so we'll probably be on Paramount Plus eventually once that once they actually get people to care about it. So we'll we'll you know we'll see what happens. So maybe we'll be on the same time as Avatar, and you can watch those two things that are totally relevant to each other. Yeah, I've no Paramount Plus is new, so it's still kind of like gaining its uh, library. Lab yeah, um, I myself have been mildly irritated that since that's the home of all the Nickelodeon stuff, I'm like, okay, where's Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles CGI 2012. It's not on here, and I'm very upset about that. <laughs> yeah. Those angry Beavers. <laughs> um. Yeah. I mean, that's the, one of the advantages Disney has is people have a pretty knowledgeable, you know, 
idea of what that means as far as what kind of content will be on a streaming service versus like some of these big studios and that's why there's a lot of conglomeration i'm not sure if that's a word but they're they're combining a lot of the big studios so it streamlines like what streaming service there is so people don't get confused because like you know i really wish hbo max would just name it rename itself warner brothers plus or something like that but people are like what's warner brothers you know general publics are dumb so mm. they also probably shouldn't be changing names every few months or so yeah that too so my, my honestly biggest problem is that i keep confusing paramount with peacock um right that's true that's true um uh, i mean we'll get there eventually there's, there's someone so many will make a services it's, it's very confusing <laughs> whoever has the best content that people care about the most everyone will flock to that person and then you know everyone else will be like oh we better do stuff people care about what's a property or what's an ip that we have that people care about and we'll just make more of it like I really think the hate. I really think the Hey Arnold um, movie would have benefited better being released around this time to like promote Paramount Plus than just yeah. what ended up happening. But you're but, really going you know. on this topic because you want a return of um, Kim Possible, don't you? Oh no, not 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 this time. I mean, generally, <laughs> yeah. But you know, I'd like to be the one to help with it. So you know, I'd rather get me to do it than just have them do a, a continuation oh, okay. just because. Okay. So you know. <laughs> Yeah, we got we got to strategize it a little bit, um, Riddle. So you know, hey, hey, Disney, if you're listening, okay. Hey, um, what's the last story, Riddle? <laughs> yep, we have the official trailer that for DreamWorks uh, Kung Fu Panda: The Dragon Knight, which is going to be on Netflix uh, next month. Um, re- the... is that a movie ahead, or a, is that a movie or a series? It's going to be a series. Let's see here. Let's okay. See here. Yeah. Remind me, there was already a Kung Fu Panda cartoon, right? Where they had someone yeah, else so play Legend of the Co? Dragon Warrier, which didn't have ja- was that... that did not have Jack Black in it, and that made people a little bit angry. Even though the person who does yeah. the, the voice, you know, it's you you can tell the difference, but he does a good job. Right. I don't usually um, expect uh, the main cast to be involved in uh, the series, especially when they're that big. Uh, which is actually all the more surprising that Mandy Moore did do Tangled, I believe. Right. Uh. Yeah. Well, I think what's happening is that as as more people are having access to more things, uh, i.e. streaming, people are starting to notice that. And they're like, you know, we want the actors to be loyal to their role and come back because we can't, we can't, like, it, it messes with my suspension of disbelief if someone else is playing this character that I like, so... I think it's for those kind of reasons, which I'm totally all for. Um, I think I like, especially as these actors are aging, like usually what will happen um, is voice actors for big commercial movies will get picked from, from like a popular sitcom that they're doing at the time, like a live action sitcom, and then they'll do the role and then all of their live action work will slowly slow down. And then they'll just have that one animation role that they come back for and they do that. So that um, the example that I'm, kind of talking about is tim allen who had uh home improvement and he still has yeah he still has the santa claus movies but i think that's really all that's going on for tim allen besides that and um whenever they need him for buzz lightyear to do buzz lightyear thing so you know well that's also i think that's it's almost become routine these days i know that we were doing i've 
was talking to my patrons once that we just no- had a string one day where we looked at a whole bunch of re- of famous actor deaths and looking their last roles were always animated voice roles and like really obscure ones um because yeah they're older and they can't and it's harder for them to do live stuff um but also i gather that nowadays we it might be easier to get uh famous people to do iconic roles for voice acting just because nowadays especially after the pandemic uh doing remote voice work is much more frequently utilized these days i mean nowadays a lot of the big uh voice acting companies don't need people don't need to drag people to la anymore they can do their work remotely and they can hire people who are in canada without having them to get them to move so um speaking of Lightyear, speaking of Lightyear, it wasn't um the, the 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 recent movie that was not Tim Allen that was Chris Evans. Did you know that? Yeah, um, I think I think every well I think we the three of us going in knew that, but I'm not sure if the general public knew that. I think um, I was having a conversation with someone in my theater, and he was just like, "That wasn't Tim Allen." I'm just like, no, it wasn't because you know Tim Allen did the the voice for the toy, and not he wasn't the actor. Like, you have to think about all these layers as far as what we're talking about, but just in a fictional universe, so they have, like, important celebrity in Andy Toy Story World, and they have, I guess Tim Allen is, like, only the guy who does the toys, he's not the, you know, so. I don't I know. It's, it's thinking That's like that. Convoluted. I think they just wanted a different actor. Well, yeah, they I probably don't... wanted... Uh, I don't, I'm also surprised, is there people who had not known that? Just because that's probably one of the biggest takeaways people probably would have gotten if they had seen a trailer of it. Um, yeah, I mean, I think people, for this one, because it's a popular, like a relatively popular character IP thing that they just see Buzz Lightyear and they don't really think about it. And they're just like, here's my money, except obviously, it's not doing as hot as Pixar would like. But anyway, you know, I'm not sure what percentage of the public just knows that going in or have seen the trailer and um, I don't know it's it's a little mixed I think compared to like a you know a more original property or something that's being released so um so I guess we'll just start talking about um the the movie so um movie time so again we're talking about Lightyear the pic the new Pixar movie we will do the yeah, yeah of this recording Sorry, I'm stuttery today. Of this recording, this is the weekend it was released, so we are just hopping on it right hot potato-like, I guess. That's a bad analogy, but we're talking about it as soon as the movie came out, or relatively soon. So if you haven't seen the movie, we'll do a spoiler-free, or if you're coming back like a year from now and, you know, archiving from the episode, you know, maybe you've seen it, or you probably will have seen it on Disney+, Plus. but, you know, we'll try to cater to everyone in whatever time period you're listening to it from the future or whatever. So um, I guess across the board, what are your guys' general thoughts, um, first thoughts before we get into, you know, plot structure and fun things? Would you like me to go first? Um, you can, it doesn't matter. I guess you can go first, Riddle. Um, I found the movie okay. Um, it, it is a movie which takes place in another fictional universe um i think the the setup was a was okay but left a lot of questions um either there's there's you get some homages to the original series which that was kind of neat but 
Mm-hmm. After that, it has to pick up on its own steam, and I think it kind of fumbles its way through for for a little bit of the time, and then it concludes. Um, it's 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 an okay movie to watch. It's I don't know if if you're if you're a diehard fan of of Buzz Lightyear, it's 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 it's, it's it'd be good for you, I guess. Um, Sal, what are your first initial thoughts about the movie? Um, generally, I can say that I liked it, as in it was okay, um, and I had a good enough time with it. Um, I generally like the idea that they were doing, and again, the kind of the titular word is like, not love. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is kind of around, which is kind of basically around what most people are saying. Uh, but again, I like the ideas of what it was going for. I think that there are various things they could have done to make it more engaging. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm not, and I know that even from, like, the, both the trailer and beforehand that the buzz around this movie was still kind of, like, really, are we dragging Toy Story out more? <laughs> it's like, I get it, Buzz. We just had Toy Story 4. Yeah, and I think that people were just not completely enthusiastic about the premise. Um, mm-hmm. Even though, and I've, I mean, we can obviously get to how its performance is maybe later, but I guess it's not totally surprising to me that the box office hasn't been enthusiastic. Um, maybe people have just gotten used to seeing Pixar movies on Disney+. Plus. Well, I would yeah, that was my first takeaway. Um, oh, go ahead, Riddle. Oh, I went to the oh. theater. Guess how many other people went to see Buzz with me on Friday? How many? Just one other person. <laughs> I went on... The, the theaters... Are, I went on are, are Thursday and there were like eight people. Yeah, it is... It, it's it's not really bringing people in. It's not really clicking that interest button. Yeah, I think... Oh, go ahead. Go ahead, The Sal. one thing that really irritates me is that... Uh, it does always irritate me, though, that, again, I would I understand people's unenthusiasm, but I do still generally call this a good movie. It is a Pixar movie, after all. They tend to not make complete trash, as opposed it was comp- to... <laughs> constantly made, but it, uh, I don't know if there's anything for us. It's a good kid's movie. No, even, even there, it's a good, like, mature kid's movie. And so, tone-wise, I think there is something refreshing, potentially, that this brings to the catalog potentially um but the the bigger frustration is seeing this being called a flop at the box office while jurassic park dominion is still making amounts of money and it is garbage that's always the thing that frustrates me when i see garbage movies doing better than a movie that is technically good uh what do you mean people just keep on seeing transformer movies transformers movies are, are good right you know, right? <laughs> They're right? not, though, which is why they don't make them anymore, hopefully. <laughs> well, yeah, um, they made the one um, Bumblebee movie, and then that was it, but, you know. You don't like which seeing... Which is actually pretty... You don't like seeing Big Dinosaur yell for the 13th time? For the 13th movie? Doesn't doesn't Jeff Goldblum have something else to do, you know? Money. Money, yeah, that's true. Money is, is you know, valid. So I guess, you know, to start off where everyone was saying, yeah, I think to Sal's point, like, tonally, it reminded me of, like, an animated version of Alien 
if that makes sense. Like it had a, a very 19, you know, mid 90s feel, which was obviously what they were going for because this movie was released in the Toy Story universe in 1995, which also, you know, people have been saying like, oh, you know, they're pretty progressive for 1995 because um, if you don't know already, they have one of the main characters is um, LGBTQ oriented, you know, that kind of thing, which is, which is great. Right. Um, and there is some, there is some hullabaloo about, I think earlier with the, don't, the, with the don't say gay bill and Disney not having a great reaction to that initially, they were going to cut um, a kiss that was not really that big of a deal. And then they ended up not cutting it and, you know, it worked out, I guess, in the end, but you know, it's, Better than nothing, I guess. You know, it's it's good that it's not that big of a deal as it shouldn't be. So, um. I mean, that is. I can't think of another. I mean, granted, how long it took them to get on the ball. I don't think that the, while they aren't the first one to have a confirmed gay prime uh, primary character, I don't think any of the other major animated films have done a kiss yet. Uh, at least as far as I'm thinking. Uh, my biggest frustration, uh, the other big frustration is that, given the weak, given the weak response, I know this is something all of the anti-woke people are going to go, ha ha, see, that's why it's doing bad. That's not why it's doing bad. It's doing bad because people weren't interested in it. Yeah, that's, that's, that's going to be the frustrating um, Besides, People trying to weaponize this movie for their own political gains, just, just to get a clicker, a grift. It's, it's very frustrating. So it's also very, it's, and I mean, granted, it's one of those things that, you know, just let them whine and we'll, and because that ultimately, because that's not the reason it did bad. And it's proven by Owl House being one of the most popular things in kids media right now, uh, as well as Disney plus in general, if people were so angry that they would have boycotted Disney in general, last time I checked, people are still doing Still go into those parks, and Disney Plus is still one of the top streaming services, so it's clearly not dying that much. I mean, Disney has to do something super... I mean, like, they've made some sus decisions, but, you know, they're just such a big... They're, they're like, one of seven, you know, major conglomerates that control the media um, these days. Now you know that, in case you didn't, because there's a bunch of things that own different things, and you can Google it later if you want to. Um, but it's just such a big thing, especially with the parks, that... You know, it's kind of like the Harry Potter situation where, you know, J.K. Rowling is doing some, like, you know, icky things, but some people, there's going to be some percentage of the population that just don't care about that. Or, you know, if their kid really likes Harry Potter, are they going to punish their kid by, you know, trying to get them, like, you know, their kid might not understand the, the politics of it, and then it gets messy, and, uh, you know, it, politics is messy. It's just, it's a lot. So, um, basically, Disney's just so big that it can't really be too hurt by, you know, that kind of thing, which I think should have been their mindset from the beginning. But, you know, I guess live and learn. Mm. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, as far as my thoughts, as far as as far as my thoughts on the movie, I agree. It was kind of OK. I felt the setup was kind of confusing, like it was Star Trekky, but not really Star Trekky as far as. Um, you know, a group of humans trying to go somewhere. We don't really know why. I, from what I remember, we they just know they're traveling and 
you know, this happens in the first 10 minutes of the movie, so I don't think it's that big of a spoiler, but Buzz does a thumb, and, you know, Buzz just needs to learn that friendship is magic, essentially, is his character arc throughout the movie. (laughs) I mean, not exactly, but... (laughs) A little bit. I mean, when you think about it, isn't the majority of Disney movies' theme, friendship is magic? (laughs) I mean... That's at least a sub-theme in most of them. That's that's fair, but I I haven't seen a character where they're just so isolated and so like I don't want help. I need to do things on my own, like you know, as defined from this one for a while. And even though he has friends in the Alicia character, um, you know, it's still he still has a very kind of hero complex as far as oh this is my mistake and I need to atone for my mistake. Yeah. So there were so many like arcs that were going on though with like characters like characters would have multiple arcs so you, you know asking for help like it took me a while like to realize oh this this is the point where they resolve this issue by buzz asking for help um like during like the the third act and that was like oh i guess that's the end of that arc um and it just it just resolved through, <laughs> through like 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 there right there it's, it's done arc over on to the next issue which is like buzz worrying about himself mattering Yeah, so it seems like it had a lot of themes going on, but the pacing was a little bit weird, where Buzz focused on one part of it for, like, half of the, like, you know, I'd say half the first third, the first act of the movie, and then by the end, there's just a lot of, like, bunch of more things going on, I'm just like, I thought this was a movie about X, but I guess we're doing this now, okay, I mean, it's not like it's bad, but, you know, I think... Pacing-wise and, you know, structure-wise, it could have been evened out a little bit more, I feel like. As well as development for, like, where these, where Buzz is coming from, essentially, and why they want to explore the, or why they want to explore planets, and, you know, what does a space ranger do besides just going to space and, you know, explore space? You know, what does that, you know, mean in the greater context of the... Yep. This world essentially. Yep. yep. Like so, I think those tracking the movie. Like there was two sections where the, the, it was essentially passing the threshold, like in the hero's journey. There was there they did the the, the same thing twice. So you know that's what I mean as far as it's kind of a little confusing. Uh, so do you have anything to add to that takeaway? Personally, I I personally I liked uh, Buzz's arc in this. Um, and generally the themes that's less about his connections to other people than it is about uh, that it is about people's attitude toward their own past and their own mistakes and being able to understand and tolerate that in other people and what does Mm -hmm. it and how much you fixate on that um, as opposed to being able to either move past it or accept it Um, I definitely think that I actually think that in terms of that central arc, that was almost maybe a little bit too simplistic, and there were other ways they could have explored that. Um, My bigger issue, I didn't necessarily Mm -hmm. have a problem with pacing or structure. My biggest problem was tone, where I liked how at the beginning of it, it was more serious. And then once we got into the trio of bumbling sidekicks, um, it just, Mm -hmm. the tone just got a little bit off kilter mm-hmm. from that um yeah, and i fair. and i guess my and my big i yeah, guess my bigger thing that's fair 
I got, okay, not my bigger thing, but I guess in one capacity, since the entire aspect of it is about how you feel about making mistakes, uh, I'll also point out uh, that th one thing that has been coming up with some people's reviews is, is some people giving a lot more love, giving love and recognition to the old Buzz Lightyear cartoon. Which I yes. really liked, yeah. and I'm sure that that will. I'm sure we'll get to that talking yes. point. And that one is a lot more trage. Yeah. That one is at least a l not completely, but it's a little bit closer to the buzz that was in Toy Story. Um, and certainly the concept of it is much more kind of space ranger, space explorer tone. Whereas this one felt it felt like a very enclosed movie where we it all was taking place on this one planet and even then we didn't explore the planet that much we were all the entire movie was set inside of these these very kind of ordin very you know military space bunkers a lot of the time uh, yeah, and I think I, that, and I definitely think there's a way that if they had made the yeah, aesthetic I, of the movie a little bit more right. interesting, instead of trying to make it super realistic, that could have given the movie a lot more personality. Uh, but also in terms of the whole mistake thing, and like, and again, if you were, and also that there was a pilot movie for uh, for the space series, and that movie is also about a Buzz Lightyear who has an emotional fallout because he loses a partner, and he ha and he has to take on three sidekicks, and he doesn't want to. <laughs> and so, huh? The, the 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 tones of these <laughs> the tones of these are very similar, but they are completely but they're centered rookies. around completely different kind of emotional reactions. And I will say that in terms of the cartoon version. It's at least evident that the three sidekicks that want to work with him are, like, skilled in some way, and he's just being stubborn and not wanting to work with them. Uh, as opposed to this movie, where they're obviously rookies and actually not very good at things. So, except for the, except for the weapon, except for the explosive experts. Take the explosive experts. But it's completely understandable you don't want to take the clumsy guy who keeps on almost killing people every five minutes. It's okay to not want to take that guy. Or the, or the space girl that's afraid of space. Or the space girl that's afraid of space. So yeah, there's, there's reasons. It's, it's a, I know that to a point that it's still, uh, I know that to the movie's point that he still kind of has to find ways to utilize them just because he probably can't do this by himself and they are literally the only other people that could even potentially help him. Uh, so I get, I get that that's the point, but I'm just saying between the two, I at least see... I'm not saying necessarily that the cartoon movie is, is exceptionally better, uh, but at least on that level I get where they were coming from a little bit easier. Uh, but anyway, um, I guess we'll talk a little. We'll talk a little bit about. We'll talk about the cartoon a little bit, and then we'll go into spoiler territory. As far as the people listening, that's just the trajectory or the trajectory, not the whatever. It's the trajectory for the rest of the discussion. In case you want an outline for it, there it is. But um, so the cartoon. So if you're not familiar with what what the hell we're talking about, um, there was a cartoon. I want to say early two thousands that was made by. Um, Kim Possible people, before they were doing Kim Possible, good old, uh, Bar Bob Schooley and Mark McCauley, um, so it was basically a more, you know, cartoony, Saturday morning cartoon version of what this movie is, and I think people's frustration, um, with this movie, for instance, is, um, 
the, the cartoon series is notable or notice not It'd be a really good job the cartoon series is noticeably not on disney plus at all uh where like stuff are i thought that they would wait till it was closer to this so like pro or dual advertise like oh see buzz lightyear from different versions of this in fictional universe thing but no they didn't do that like i even watched the little preview like little documentary but documentary was like a half an hour long about like the legacy of buzz lightyear and they didn't touch it on the cartoon at all like the most they did is i think show like one or two toys from the cartoon that were not specifically stated to be from the cartoon but you could tell by you know, the way they were molded and, like, you know, that they were the proportions of the cartoon character. So it's all kind of confusing. And then on top of all that, um, from my from what I've read, the director for this movie also worked on the cartoon and I think co-directed the original movie that Cell was talking about, like, you know, two minutes ago. So... It doesn't really, like, and this kind of happens, uh, this happens with Star Wars a lot, too, where, you know, even if something is not the way the, um, the what the current studio and the current executives want to do with a creative property, um, they can't just ignore what already has come out because people might have emotional attachments to whatever, um, that, and, and they get mad, they get mad that, like, oh, you can't, what, are you just going to forget about the thing that you already did, Disney, you know, kind of attitude. What about my booster action figure? It's no longer canon. Mad. <laughs> gonna go. Gonna go on. Um, gonna go call the Disney hotline number and complain. But um. Yep. So I think I think the director later said something along the lines of like, oh, they can they they coexist. This was like the this is supposed to be live action the Toy Story universe, which makes makes it more confusing. But anyway, that's why it kind of has like that a little bit of that serious undertone i think you know which is oh it takes some getting used to i guess but um as well as it's basically like our equivalent of you know i'm going to use a bad example but our equivalent of you know they have madagascar series that dream or the madagascar movies that dreamworks makes and then they have the penguins of madagascar tv show that don't really mesh with the um the show at all like they do a lot of different interpretations of characters so like they can't fit together chemically or canically um yeah, versus stuff doing penguins things and you're just gonna be along for the ride yeah don't so don't think about it too hard don't think about i mean i obviously from what we learned from star wars and especially marvel um you know it works better usually when you keep, when you do your homework and you try to write things all in one universe instead of just like saying like fuck it you know we're just going to do our own thing because people like that sense of continuity and that sense of a, a bigger greater world kind of vibe but you know it's is messy and you know i do wish disney did a better job like it, you know people are not dumb you just have to explain in a way that's like oh okay so um you know like Basically, what we were saying, like, oh, you know, in this universe, um, in this universe, this is a live-action movie, and then the cartoon happened. Um, but I think Disney was so worried about isolating and having the audience not understand the movie. Like, something to note is, like, at the very beginning of the movie, it defines this movie as, this is the movie that Andy saw in 1995, and, you know, that kind of thing. I think they were just so worried about making it more confusing for people that they just didn't want to touch the, the cartoon stuff, which 
I guess I get, but just like put it in the Disney Plus documentary. Like people will, the people watching that shit will, you know, probably be familiar with it already versus just the casuals that are just like, oh, look at it, it's Buzz Lightyear. Let's go see that with no context. Who's, who's, why is he not Tim Allen kind of thing? So there's my rant. Does anyone have anything to add? Patrick Warburg was a voice for Buzz. Um, I know you noted that because there is some alien influence, if that was there to make it feel more 90s, I don't think that this movie feels very 90s at all. And I think that that's kind of, that's another issue that people have with it is that for having a, and which I also, which some people think probably wasn't even a note when even making the movie because it really doesn't feel of the time at all. Uh... And that it maybe have been year. something that they slapped on at the last minute to say that this is the movie that inspired, uh, that inspired Buzz Lightyear to become the big thing that he is. And it's like, and I'm like, I, really? I, in the '90s, this is the movie that would have inspired a character that would have had an entire toy aisle devoted to him. Uh, and it just, this is a very introspective movie, and I, the big reason that get and that's and kind of this slow style introspective sci-fi feels more along the lines of something like Interstellar or Gravity than it does Alien, and so when so it's just one of those aspects of movies like this just doesn't feel very '90s, and also that the entire inspiration for Buzz Lightyear is a much more kind of again like the cartoon show, it's a much more uh, self-assured. Uh, space hero kind of campy confident, uh, ca- campy and confident kind of character rather than this character that spends the uh, most of the movie moping and being angry at himself um, it definitely doesn't e- even if you were going to completely erase and, e- and that may be a superficial complaint that has to do with perception going into the movie that might have messed people up uh, even if I was, and, but even if you were fans of just the original character and you didn't know that this was supposed to be the movie that inspired him, even though, again, that was literally the prompt for making the cartoon show, Buzz Lightyear was made of a Saturday morning cartoon and that inspired, the, that makes way more sense. Uh, yeah. but, uh, even just looking at, like, the facial expression <laughs> for the original character versus this movie is, like, not even remotely close. Um, and it, it actually yeah. makes much more sense, at least in my head canon, that if you absolutely wanted to put this movie inside of the Toy Story universe, it makes way more sense to call this a modern reboot of that character, complete with all of the modern sensibilities. And I don't mean that because of the CGI. They say themselves that in the Toy Story universe, this probably would have been a live-action movie, which makes slight... Which, yeah, but at the same time... Why would you basically not have made like a Kendall version of that character instead of this very obviously cartoony action figure? Uh, um, yeah, Does that mean I, there's people with massive chins within. Yeah, it also does. <laughs> I mean, again, we're technically in the Toy Story universe where humans can look weird, so that's not. It. Yeah, yeah. I guess that. We're I guess. I guess the toy it. design doesn't matter, but again, the facial expression is just completely gives it away, um, and. So I don't think that that was a super great way to sell the movie, <coughs> um, at least. And I think, that, and again, maybe even more, and I don't know <coughs> even necessarily why they chose to go in this direction. In my, it, also, I, I think that way more likely in my mind, rather than using that prompt, 
I think that in a situation where Pixar, Pixar and every studio really uh, are in situations where they are definitely pressured from the higher ups to call to con- to make things that call back to very popular franchises because they feel like those are safe bets that that's safe mm-hmm. money. And, well, I wonder how they feel about that now. Uh, and so there is just this idea that, hey, if we could just make, we, people, it was, we made money, but we, but people weren't crazy about Toy Story 4, so maybe we don't make another Toy Story. What's another way we can tie into that franchise? Well, you know, if we made a Lightyear-inspired movie, not only could we have a genre that we haven't done in a while going to space, but as long as we only had tenuous callbacks to the original character, then, hey, we could technically still make an original movie, but one that still technically ties into an IP. That technically gives almost everybody, everybody that, everything that they want, right? And, I, ideally... So, so, like, yeah, if they if they named, like, the, the movie, like, Mr. Armstrong, would it be a different movie? Yeah, if it would be the same movie. It'd be, yeah, like, I, yeah, I guess, bas- yeah, basically, it wouldn't, yeah, not much much would change at all, except that, you know, you wouldn't have all of those obvious callbacks to the toy yeah, line yeah. in the first five minutes. Uh, and I think that, which, and which, I... Which is all just the first act, so, yeah, then you're good. Yeah, so, I, and I think that, in general, like, I don't know how well this movie would have worked if it had been a completely different character. Um, I definitely think it being Lightyear-inspired probably drew some people in, but again, I also think that while I think I'm not against the realistic aesthetic as much as people think, but I, I've been, everyone's been really happy to see the much more uh, 2D CG inspired aesthetics happening lately and the much more cartoony thing. And I'm, and because of that, I'm okay with them trying to do something actually a little bit more serious as everyone else is actually getting more cartoony as long as it's not, you know, everything. Um, I think that it was a good try to make a movie that was somewhat more serious and arguably mature in tone again that's why i'm more i'm more irritated that as the movie goes on it gets more silly it's like if you're gonna try and make like a seriously toned animated film just stick with that mm-hmm. it's sort of like like it sort of feel like it's, it's going into a drama right like the the middle of it because he lost his you know he lost his his commander hawthorne mm-hmm. or not hawthorne sorry um yeah hawthorne sorry yeah you're right I was trying yeah. to remember is Hawthorne or Hearthorn. It, he so he lost his he lost his waifu. Yeah. <laughs> that's not but, that's uh, not what that word is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I I watch all the animes, can't you tell? <laughs> um okay. Buzz Lightyear the anime. Buzz Lightyear now we gotta do that one too. I think we've done all the other ones. <laughs> um, the manga first. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> Um, alright, so I guess we can get into spoiler territory, so if you haven't seen the movie, or if you care about spoilers, um, come back later, you know, and, you know, don't complain in the comments, because this is, this is when we're telling you to go away forever, so anyway, spoilers, so. I'll complain. Well, you, yeah, yeah, you can complain, Riddle, that's okay, you're allowed to complain. Okay. Okay, so, um, right off the bat, how did you guys feel about the, the twist with the Zerg villain thing? Because I thought it was kind of, it was interesting, but also, like, you know, a little bit anticlimactic, too, so. So, I, like, there's a part of, 
There's a part of me that wonders if they come up with the idea for that, if they were trying, if I wonder if they were trying to call back to the prompt in Toy Story 2 where they say Zerg is his father and it's like, well, no, should we do that? Maybe not. Uh, but is there a way that we can kind of make it like that? Uh, it definitely feels like an homage or a callback to that. I mean, he literally calls him dad at first to call back yep, to that yep. moment. And I'm like, was that absolutely necessary but it's also i again i think that if i just look at this movie in terms of the theme they were going for i'm okay with it but at the same time the what the actual result and how that makes how that translates to an entertaining movie experience it's like you could have pushed this farther somehow and it just mm -hmm. feels a little bit too simple and i think that hork oh go ahead um but in general i kind of like the idea the the other and it's also the other reason why I, I can also guess why they didn't explore the planet more is that uh, is this idea that it wanted to emphasize that Buzz fixating so much on his mistake deprived him of having a life. So they didn't have too much with, say, the rest of the crew. And I would have liked to have seen, like, how the rest of the crew lived. All we saw was him, was, was his partner, like, going back into her apartment every couple of years or so. Uh, when generation generation is dead. Yeah, and right, and but there's, but yeah, and he's then the last airbender. <laughs> but I would have liked sorry, to have sorry. seen like how people actually adapted to living on this planet for so long, and it almost felt like they deliberately could not show us that because we needed to stay in Buzz's isolated mindset that the mission was all that mattered. Uh, so right. that was all like, that we like, saw like, like, during. Yep. During the second act, um, like we found out that the planet was title locked. Like we didn't even know that until like all the way, all the way halfway through the movie, that they had a dark side of the planet. Yeah. Because uh... we're so focused on Buzz. Mm -hmm. so, all right. So we could have seen, and there also could have been more. Where even if they wanted to hold back, we could have seen more of that later. There's a lot in this movie that tries to, again, it tries to be very singular focusing and grounded which uh, <coughs> and there's not anything where like we see maybe even flashbacks of what the life hawthorne did have or the life that mm -hmm. all of the other people had um and what it was like living on this planet and not to mention that like enough after like the vines show up in the first act and cause like their mayhem that never comes up again uh that was um, again, just feels very, it's so buzz focused, I guess, for the movie, but it came somewhat at the cost of trying to give it maybe a little bit more personality. Right. Like, I think, you know, that, that ties back to world building in the first half. Like if we had more of a sense of like why they were exploring and like what they were gaining from exploring and like their motivations for being space rangers, besides again, exploring space, like, what does that mean? Are they trying to like. Do they need to explore space in order to, like, gather that fuel or some kind of resource for, like, Earth, like, in a Wally kind of world? Like, those kind of questions make it feel like there's more stakes than just, you know, Buzz feeling Buzz, frustrated with himself, you know? Buzz will reference the mission, but we don't know what the mission is. So, yeah. the mission, yeah. Well, the mission is just going home. That's what the mission is. The mission is is getting back to Star Command. Uh, there's also, I guess there's, there's, and I guess for all of this also Buzz centricity about his obsession with getting back to Star Command. Again, it's limited in the way that we don't know what his life was like before this planet. Why is he mm -hmm. su in such a hurry to get back? And I guess in his brain, it literally doesn't matter. The only things we know is that
that the only core things I guess they think we need to know is that being a space ranger is the number one priority in his life. Uh, and there's also there's all this notes back to like his previous missions uh, that like he read. And again, he wants to get back to that life. But again, we see nothing from that life. So we don't mm-hmm. completely identify with his motives to get back to it. Uh, again, tr- again, it's this aspect where it's trying to be very, very grounded in a very character-centric movie, which I don't hate the idea of. We just... If the execution you're gonna make kind it, of is kind messy. Of messy. If, if you wanted to make it that kind of centrally focused, then I think you needed a premise or uh, emotional complex that was a little bit more fleshed out. Um, yeah. I, I I think this movie, well, I think, you know, to kind of rephrase all those thoughts, I think this movie was just so focused on selling to us Buzz as, like, not only a character, but, like, you know, a hero's journey type character where he's just on his own, that it neglects to kind of develop the world as well as the background for, like, why they're in the situation, like, why they're even exploring in the first place. And I think that kind of cuts out some of the attachments people can have, like, you know, people like there are there are there are other characters going on in this movie. Like, I think the cat everyone loves the fucking robot cat that's that's going around. That's everyone great, which is actually surprising. I thought the cat, I thought Socks was going to be annoying, honestly. So I was actually really pleasantly surprised when he turned out to be actually really endearing and funny yeah, and Socks useful too. Character. You know, right? And then it was the side <laughs> character, and then it was the side characters that everyone's way more annoyed with. Um. And again, I say this not because I think that they're, like, the world's most annoying characters. I just think that they break the tone of what I was enjoying about the movie. Yeah. And I and I think that's it's one of those things. should have thi- just been Buzz and Socks. <laughs> Buzz and Socks. That, and that's another... A lot of people would have said, like, just make it a Buzz and Socks movie. And it's like, that would have been experimental for Pixar to do not only such a grounded personal movie, but one that literally only centered on one character. Or two characters for the entire time. That could have been fun. But again, it's it's this aspect where I feel, where, again, I feel like this aspect where they're trying to do something completely original, but trying to tie it back into the Lightyear character, trying to do something grounded and mature, but also still remembering it's a Pixar kids movie. We need some bumbling characters and a toy placement. Uh, and that all just kind of, and that, it ultimately just we, resulted we, in something feeling very, again, okay, but unremarkable. Um, we because to, they want to take to, some to, risks, but not enough. Yeah, we got, need to get on our Pixar tropes, and we need to make sure we we market all the toys and that kind of thing. So, um, yeah, and I think that's something like, you know, I'm sure at some level the creative team was aware of the issues that we're talking about as far as just the, the, the over-centralization of Buzz. And I think that's one of the reasons that Sock stands out so much is because we just spend so much time with Buzz, like, at the beginning that, you know, I think part of it is we're just desperate for another character to, have to interact with. But, you know, um, it's like, well, we already spent all this money making the movie, so we can't, like, how much are we going to change before we just put it out there and just be done with it kind of thing. So, like, you know, and they also, there are three... Um, you heard me three, um, ending gag cutaway things at the end, so, you know, stick around until the whole thing, but the third and last one is a, is a sequel hook for, you know, Zerg Buzz guy is not dead after all, so I think, you know, part of the reason, who would have guessed, 
you know, so that's sort of it. <laughs> yeah, I don't think, I think that they've already proven that this is probably not going to get a sequel. Maybe a special right. if they really have a super great idea that they really want to do, but I very much doubt it. <laughs> yeah, and, you know, I think they were just overly optimistic as far as this, because, you know, on paper it sounds like an interesting idea, I guess, if you still want to do a, a relatively comfortable IP, but you don't, you know, how, how many Toy Stories do we want to make before people start crying? You know, um, <laughs> but, you know, I think, like I said, I think it's something that the creative team was aware of at some point of this process, and then was like, well, we already made half the movie, so we can't really go back, and as well as, you know, potential sequel things, because, like, if we had a sequel and we got more development from, like, old Buzz, then we could kind of go into those things that we're talking about as far as, like, life before the planet, and then maybe, like, he had a girlfriend or something like that that he was invested in, and that's why, you know, that might have been more important, or maybe, you know, he had a dad who he wanted to get back to. Like, some kind of more motivational aspect. emotional anchor. Yeah. So. You know, but this, you know, I think if they were going to do it again, then that those are the kind of the decisions that they should have made, but I can see that, you know, especially when you're doing a movie like this where you're kind of, they, the company's never really done kind of something like this, like a straight space movie, then I can see, too, that a lot of it's just learning curves, which is, which is fine. Like, it's still, like, like a relatively good movie, all things considered, um, but it's definitely not Pixar's best, so, you know. Right. Um... I don't have any other points. Does anyone else want to say anything? So I will note that just uh, in in general, again, I can't speak to the ups and downs of the box office. Just that it's obvious that just taking a tenuous look at at how it's worked so far, obviously, a lot of the the big stuff has been all nostalgic callbacks. It's, a, it's been the Batman, it's been Top Gun, and it's been Jurassic Park. Um, and, again, I even just being tenuously related to Buzz Lightyear wasn't enough to sell this. But also, when you look at something that I think... What, that a genuinely good animated movie, like, Bad Guys did not have a great opening weekend either. <laughs> uh, um, and it, but and Bad Guys I was amazing. Uh, and granted, yeah, what's, what's up with that? And I'm, and it's, it's also one of the other things. Like I'm, I was genuinely surprised. I mean, again, this is just the way that movie advertising has gotten a lot more confusing, uh, where people also don't know where things are. Um, just dying, and everyone's just going to wait for the next Marvel movie. It's, it's, it's. I that seems to. It just seems to be the way things, or at least people's brains are right now, is that they only go to movie theaters for big event movies. And they're just used to everything else. Everything else will either be on streaming soon, soon enough. Um, so if you're not super enthusiastic to see it, you just won't go to movie theaters. And granted, even... And I just want to point out, I've been kind of meaning to talk about the theater situation for a while. I have like a half-done video that's been sitting there for a while. But just in general... So, tell like, us more about your thoughts. <laughs> so, but I just want to point out that when it came to people arguing about the relevancy of theaters, I mean, I, I was making this argument before the pandemic even hit, where I got, I was less and less enthused about going to movie theaters just because so much of what was coming out in movie theaters was so mediocre, and I just did not understand the premise of, of 
hey, let's go to a movie theater to spend $10 on one movie, or we could take that same $10 and get an entire month of content at home. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, that, and that in my brain just didn't make any sense. Even why, if that by itself would have been the death of movie theaters to a degree. And granted, and again, given that option, just given how much streaming services give us, people literally only will go to movie theaters for something they drastically, desperately want to see, which at this point is only things that people already have dedicated emotional attachments to, aka nostalgic properties. And that is so depressing as like a point of fact, because it basically means our future is literally things where movie theaters will only have sequels and reboots, which is sad. Um, but it's also just when I when just announced how human psychology works in that and the system we've made, it's like yeah, that's just that's just kind of where we are. Unless you find more dedicated emotional ways of being able to sell original movies in ways that people make them want to see them right there and worth spending ten dollars on uh but you got to figure that out (laughs) free pizza pizza with your movie pizza you have a dinner dinner theater (laughs) a lot of them are becoming dinner theaters and granted again most the theaters a lot of the theaters that i've been to are basically also becoming restaurants but if so a lot of them are incredibly mediocre restaurants the only the theater that i only really like the food from is the alamo so um remember the alamo (laughs) i mean to sell's point i think that i mean i see that i see how that can be depressing but i think the good the good counterpoint though is that our forms of content production are getting more flexible like where we can have series where it's not really so much about series or like shorts where it's not just so much about the bottom line but just getting it out there because they know people want to see it and they'll keep people subscribed versus um getting them to go in and see a movie or tv ratings god forbid so like i think some of like you know i think some of the some of the most exciting you know star wars stuff which i'm like you know, I'm not super into Star Wars, but I will still, like, watch a Star Wars, like, um, but anyway, like, this Obi-Wan series that Disney Plus is almost done releasing, you know, I think probably in a world 10 years from now would have been a, you know, a traditional two-hour movie, and I think, you know, some of the pacing and, you know, those kind of, you know, issues where you spend more time with these characters would have been lost because we had to fit everything into a two-hour format versus everyone can just take their time and watch you know, 40 minute segments of it for six. Yeah. And have more hours, you know, I think at the end of the day, I'd rather have more hours and just, you know, have access to more content as well as just the general public being exposed and consuming more content. Cause then you get, you know, people to get nostalgic over things that, you know, came out 10 or 20 years ago. And, you know, it's, I, I think that part is great. So, but at the same time, I do like, going to theaters and hearing, you know, being part of the, you know, ambiance of a live crowd reacting to stuff specifically, that's just kind of fun, too. So I think it's kind of a double-edged sword as far as, you know, what what is better, quote-unquote. Like, at the end of the day, I think streaming service probably is the future, but, you know, I'd like to have both, but I know it, can't, it might not be feasible to have both as in the next like 20 to 50 years or something like that even if we last that long yeah if we if if we last that long is kind of the titular 
point there. Uh, but I, 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 and I didn't mean that in terms of, I meant that that is depressing. And I know that ha I only meant that that's depressing in terms of people who are very much theater loyalists, which I am not. I like the streaming system. I, my, my, in fact, my big reason why I started thinking that way was after I broke my leg and I literally couldn't go to movie theaters. So I liked the idea of just having things that was available for everybody, for people who, or, and also that I didn't have a car anymore. So it actually, and I still don't. So it's actually actively harder for me to get to movie theaters. So I'm okay with the streaming system. There are some people to whom the theater experience is literally everything. And I'm like, it's like the theater experience is cool, but I definitely give a shit more if the movie is actually good. If the th if Agreed. the movie's not right. if the movie's not good, the theater experience is pointless. Which is actually one thing that that irritates me is that sometimes you can advocate that the theater experience can make a bad movie more enjoyable, but at the same time, that movie will not have a good shelf life later if it's only good in a movie theater because because. Here's the titular point, children. Movies don't stay in movie theaters forever. <laughs> if you want they that really thing don't. to have a shelf life, it needs to be able to be good outside of it. And so there's all this rave about, you know, again, Jurassic Dominion is not a good movie. There's a lot of people who are having fun with it now, but it, it obviously will not age well. Um, but that, but, but, but that actually brings to the titular point of why do we even care? Why does it even matter? why we fixate so much on what is in movie theaters and what isn't in movie theaters. And that's because the only thing that Hollywood really gives a shit about is the first weekend's box office. If Hollywood just stopped caring about the first weekend's box office and they started giving a shit about the entire full life of a movie and how it ages and how people will grow to like it later, if they cared more about that instead of gauging on the first weekend then we'd have much better movies because this is where all of our, again, our, all our nostalgic reboots come from because they care more about how excited people are and how eager they are to go on the very first weekend of something they already know that they're emotionally invested in, rather something that they, that will, that they'll enjoy no matter when they watch it, whether they walk it, watch it on the first weekend or if they watch it years later. Um, the problem is, but the problem is that Hollywood as a system is not built to measure long-term success it only cares about short-term success and maximizing the profit in individual quarters of the year not its lifetime and that's the problem that and, yeah yeah and that's ultimately what's killing movie theaters is that you're filling movie theaters with mediocre movies that nobody's in with mediocre movies that people will only go for things that they're already emotionally invested in um as opposed to going for you know, just as a just as a night out, which they can't do also because they're way too expensive. <laughs> right. And like at the end, of, like to, to round it out in like a point um, to, to make it all relevant again. Like, I think that's why this movie is suffering, not badly, but, you know, as not as good as Pixar would like or Disney would like is because we don't have emotional attachment to this version of Buzz. And that is clear like from the get-go, from the recasting of this version of Buzz and the re and like the different universe of this yeah. version of Buzz, and like people might want to see the origin story, but the Buzz they like is the fucking toy, you know. So I think people were kind they of thought they curious, could, well, they thought they could. Well, they know? thought they could yeah. replace. They thought they could replace people's emotional attachment to the original Buzz with people's emotional attachment to Captain America, um, but turns out that that <laughs> that wasn't enough. 
doesn't work. So, we, we can't trade that out. Like, something, uh, this is kind of a side Should note. Patrick Warburg. But something, um, you know, something that I was going to say, too, is like some, sorry, uh, I, I'll get to my point, cut that out. I was surprised that they didn't recast Tim Allen for the, the older buzz because I thought that would be interesting, but at the same time, oh, we that don't have to bad guys because then that people would be even more mad. So, you know. That would have been a neat twist. If they if they had Tim Allen cast, but as a different, that would have been neat. That's what, But that, again, that's the problem with kind of like surprise celebrity reveals is that someone always finds it because they find it on like IMDB or they find it on some call sheet somewhere where it's like, oh my God. So, I mean, that's, I don't know how, I don't remember how people figured out the big reveals in No Way Home. Um, oh no, that's right. Someone, uh, somebody from the set leaked something. I don't think it's because their names were leaked. I think it was because somebody, the uh, photo. Someone recorded footage. Yeah. Um, like, so, you know, that would have been like, nice. I mean, and people speculate on whether or not Pixar didn't do Tim because of, of Tim's politics, but it's like, if that was the case, then he wouldn't be doing a Santa Claus series on Disney Plus, so. Um. Uh, yeah, I mean. They want a Captain America. Um, can you, well, I guess for people who aren't familiar, um, Sal, like, I know Tim's really, is Tim really white, right wing these days, or what specifically is going on? I don't about? know, spe- I don't know specifically, I don't know specifically what he's said or not said lately. I don't think he's been bad-mouthing this movie at all, which is at least something. I don't know if he did at one point. Uh, I really don't know. I just know that's a thing that other people say. Uh, um, I don't know. I don't think he's not, like, in the... I don't think... I don't know how far... If he's down the... I don't think he's down the Roseanne Barr's conspiracy theory hole. I just know that it's kind of irritating and grating for some people again i don't know i don't know what he said specifically like james woods you know it's great we'll just have to deal with it okay that guy that guy has gone full down the conspiracy theory oh okay well Uh, then it's escalated from what i've uh, last seen so you know that guy has deteriorated fast Uh, i but again i don't know i don't know what the deal i don't know what the deal is with tim yeah. Okay. So you know, we don't know. We're just speculating. But anyway, I think that's yep. the takeaway. I mean, people ask producers and stuff; they always give nothing answers. So it's all just speculation at this point. Mm-hmm. And hopefully, right. and again, I mean, again, but, that's but that's but, all just like argumentative points that the the culture war people will argue. And I don't think that that's the case. And if it is, well, the movie is what it is. Again, I yeah. think that the I. I what kind of tends to happen with the past couple Pixar movies is that it's been a thing a while where it's like, this movie feels simple compared to the things that Pixar used to do, but, like, all of the past movies have actually done very... Uh, they've they've been both highly rated and, uh, and generally enjoyed. Luca and, like, Luca and Turning Red definitely have a significant fan base. Um, and even... And, but Onward so, and but so, there wasn't a 9-11 in it. <laughs> it didn't have a 9-11 in it, so it's garbage! <laughs> oh, God, what a dumb point. Oh, uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> But uh, But it, I guess something closer to, like, Onward, which also didn't do as well as they thought. 
And, uh, but at the same time, it, it ends up with kind of like, again, it's still a Pixar movie and you have those kinds of movies where no, they don't make splashy impacts on the very first weekend, largely having to do, I know people keep contrasting them with Pixar's past success, which I think is stupid. Um, but I think that this movie will surprise people later down the line. Like, there are people like, no, it's like, people check out, what's Onward? It's a Pixar movie. No one ever talks about it. Oh, it's actually pretty good. And it's like, it's, it's something that I think, again, as age goes by, I think that it will find its audience. It's just something that isn't exciting people enough to go to a movie theater in the current climate, which mm -hmm. is mm -hmm. just kind of the way that the reality, which is just kind of is the system that they've created. This is the result. Um, right. But at the same time, right. I at least, in terms of Pixar itself, I mean, Pixar is Pixar. Its name brand is still very strong. I don't know what they're going to do next. We'll just see what happens uh, afterward uh, in that area. I also find, but it's, it is also interesting how Disney's next movie is Strange Worlds, which is an original sci-fi property, and I'm interested to see... Uh, how the follow-up of that... I like that they have two prominent sci-fi movies in Disney and Pixar this year, which they just... They haven't done sci-fi recently, like, very much at yeah. all, so it's interesting to see them at least try to go back there. And maybe the end result, in terms of when they have the big business meeting, in terms of why this didn't go well, it's like, do audiences just... I mean, it's just not like sci-fi. It's clearly not that. Uh, mm -hmm. yeah. mm -hmm. Maybe we're just not advertising well. No, there was no Pixar short at the beginning. Yeah, that's the other bummer. Like what? What happened? Is did they stop doing them? Yeah, they did. They they stopped doing them a while ago. I mean, there there have been occasional shorts released, but again, the past couple of Pixar movies have been on Disney Plus. So even when they had shorts right. attached, they were kind of side. They were put on the side. Um, and I was yeah, very disappointed. I I think they'd be attached. But, right. Yeah. I like the Pixar. I mean, again, that was a big sad point was not seeing the Pixar shorts. I feel like maybe one or two of the past Disney movies did have shorts. Yeah, the Disney movies have shorts. Besides, I, I think the I think if they decided if they were going to have shorts to just throw them on Disney Plus if they did make them. Mm -hmm. by the way the, by the way the one that they made i don't remember who it was for i don't know if it was raya the the ones that was made the one with the dancing couple is an amazing short it's one of my favorite ones that they've ever done if no one's ever seen us again to go look that up right now because it's gorgeous um they, they stole the short people and they put it on disney yeah yeah uh that's yeah, but then we'll, we'll we'll just have to see how that how, the industry in general is is going through so much turmoil just because they're recovering both from the pandemic and world shit. So we don't know we don't know how all of this is going to impact a lot of these people down the line, and animation and animation also, uh, especially known for being a, a harsh industry and how much they tend to burn out their workers. We'll just have to see how. It all goes No, around. really? So, really? No way. Not really? So, oh. I, don't so, know if, I don't know if you're like, being sarcastic or not right now. I am being sarcastic. I'm being super sarcastic. <laughs> um, it's like, no, we, we got six... I didn't know that. We just... We, we've done this for like 60 episodes. I thought everyone loved being... <laughs> <laughs> it's great. Um, so, um... If it, does anyone else have any final thoughts to add before we start doing our wraps? Uh, Sox's best character. That's it. Yeah. That's the only takeaway from yeah. this movie. 
That's right. And also, obviously, if this had been made in the 90s, Socks obviously would have been with Buzz in the toy box. Now that's how they're advertising a lot of toys. If you Googled now. Yeah, I'm sure now. Toys. Yeah, it's now all, they are. But definitely it's all Socks. Now. It's all Buzz and it's all the ship. The, the, the XL1, whatever it was. Those yeah, are the three I... main characters, according to the toy marketing. Yeah, of course it is. Um, <laughs> yeah. Where was Socks in, in the whole Buzz Lightyear like, aisle? You know, he, he wasn't anywhere. In... Yeah, dumb. exactly. Which, why, again, it's a, that's a really dumb selling point. Um, and I don't know why they stuck with it. And I, <laughs> But, uh, again, as far as I'm concerned, it's a modern reboot of that. <laughs> yeah. Right. Again, I think it's fine. I think that people who are mildly interested should, who are even mildly interested, should definitely see it while, if they are interested to see it while it is in theaters. If you want to the, the tone and the animation to be on the big pious display, if they, if it means that much to you, again, I think that the theater yeah, experience. I think the, I think the relevance of the theater experience is somewhat overrated. Um, but if it's that important, I would go ahead and see it now, uh, while you can. Right. Again, I don't think it's ter- again. I don't think it's terrible. I don't think people will regret it. I think that people will have a good time. Just don't expect just don't expect the world of it. Thank you so much for listening to Animation Communication on YouTube, Spotify, or your favorite podcast provider. We are really hoping the show makes a difference in how people view animation as well as media as a whole, as well as giving and providing advice for people all over the world who like or want to join the animation and media industry. If you like what you heard, please remember to show support by giving a like, a follow, rating those five stars, as well as subscribing to our main I Love Kim Possible A Lot channel on YouTube and turn your notification on. New episodes of Animation Communication come out every Wednesday at 6 a.m. EST on podcasting platforms and 4 p.m. EST on YouTube. You can follow the podcast on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at The KP Podcast for information about upcoming guests, episodes, and more, as well as our hosts, KP and Riddle, at I Love KP A Lot, and at Riddle Lightning on social media. I'm Kat, and thank you for being part of our community. See you next time on Animation Communication.